Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We are so grateful you have come to join us. We would love to invite you to one of our in-person services. To find out times, locations, and more about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Place in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, that was so good getting to worship together. Hey, thank you, worship team. Amazing. So good to be here at the West location today. My name's Stephen, and uh, as as Pastor Sarana said there, um, my wife Brittany and I are the location pastors at C3 Calgary Central, our downtown location. And Pastor Lawn and Pastor Kelly are, are there today, ministering and, and bringing the word. You know, we haven't actually had him at our downtown location for a while now. He's been going through some medical stuff and house stuff. So I said, look, like feel released from being there at the downtown location. But now that he's through that, I started to put the pressure on again. So come on, get down there, big boy. So he went down there and uh, I know he's ministering in an amazing way. But that means that I get the privilege of being here. And I'm really excited about that. <clears throat> Got to say though, Pastor Serrano, something was different about you today. Did you, did you do something different with your hair? Or, oh, wait, it was that diamond ring on your finger there. Congratulations to Pastor Serrano and, and James on your engagement. Very exciting. Cover that thing up. I don't want to be blinded during the service, so make sure you cover that up. But make sure you pass on that. We, we're so excited for you. It's very good. Um, you know, so... Again, uh, I wear different hats of being a part of the team here at C3 Calgary. And so uh, coming in and being a part of the team and get to oversee the creative departments and it's an amazing privilege and also the location pastor at Central. And so it's funny wearing these hats because I, I come here and, and I've, uh, I've heard names, I've heard about amazing things that God's doing and, and but maybe some of you guys don't know who I am. And so I just, um, I ask permission to be overly familiar with you all today. And so if I say something uncomfortable, it's because I feel so close and connected already with you today. And you're probably there like, who is this guy? What do you think he's doing? What's he, this isn't Pastor Lawn up there. What's he doing? He can't say that. But it's just because I love you and we feel so connected as two different locations, but the same church, same heart, same mission, same family. And we just happen to be in the downtown location there. Um, you happen to be here on the west side, but I love getting to be a part part of C3 Calgary and um, a part of community with you. And so it's already been such a privilege to get to worship together today. Uh, you may hear in my accent, I'm not originally from Canada. I immigrated from Australia to Canada and we're coming up on nine years now. Coming up in February, it'll be nine years. So Amazing thing. I, I identify as a Canadian. Actually, I self-identify as a Canadian. Um, I'm not officially recognized yet, but I identify as a Canadian. And that didn't help me trying to vote or anything like that. They still don't consider me a Canadian, but I want to be a Canadian. So that's what I identify as. And it's a great privilege. But I remember the first couple days of immigrating um, from Australia, from a place called Tasmania. And I thought, okay, I got to get into some rhythm here, some normal life moved to a new country, we felt the call of God to come to Canada, uh, recovering from jet lag, those kind of things. Some of you have been there. And then I thought, I'm gonna go out for a run today. Remember, this is the first couple of days. And so I put on my runners and got everything ready, walked out the door and, and I was just gonna go for another run. Not that I was a big runner before back in Tasmania, but I'd go running a couple of times a week, a few times a week. So I went for a run 
And within two minutes, I was on the side of the road, gasping for breath, hunched over, in pain, screaming for oxygen, and humbled in my abilities to run. I hadn't realised, I hadn't thought about the fact that for 24 years prior to that, I'd grown up on sea level, on ocean level. And, and I was able to go out and run as I was. But when I shifted my circumstance and my location to Canada, and all of a sudden we're what, 1,100 metres here in Calgary above sea level, my body hadn't climatized, my endurance hadn't been built up, my resilience, and so the oxygen that my body needed wasn't able to get in fast enough, and I was left on the side of the road. I hadn't gone through the process needed to build up the endurance necessary for what was taking place in me going for a run. So I made a vow that day. I'd never go running again. No, that, that's, that's, that's not the point of the story. But today I wanna speak on endurance the need for endurance in our walk with God and in our life. I'm continuing the, the series Resilience that uh, Pastor Serena had, had kicked off and been looking at. And I know this, that God loves us all so much that He wants to build resilient people out of us. He wants to build people who are strong and have godly endurance for whatever we might have to face in life. We, so often though, in life, we wanna escape difficult circumstances rather than build endurance through them. Am I right? Maybe I'm just speaking about myself today here, that we'd, we'd rather not have to face something challenging, we'd rather just escape from that. May I suggest today, some of us are facing some difficulties and some challenges. I don't have to be a prophet to know that. I just have to be a person to know that life is happening to some of us today. And we've been praying and believing and wanting to escape and wanting to be taken out of that situation and it's not happening. So we're feeling disappointed. We're feeling like we have questions to God of why are you not taking me out of this circumstance? We've gone through some trials and we've been so consumed and focused on praying for the miracle of deliverance, which is not a bad thing. But sometimes we can get so focused on escaping that we miss the opportunities that God has to build us into resilient people. And I believe God wants to shift our thinking a little bit today, our perspective, but also empower us with a Holy Spirit supernatural strength to endure whatever difficulty you have coming your way. Is that all right if I speak on that today? Am I in the right place today for something like that? I'm looking at escapism versus endurance in our walk with God. Good, you guys are lively. This is good. Maybe I'll talk to Pastor Lauren a little bit more about coming out here. Escapism is that desire to just get away, to escape. And it's in the culture all around us. I don't know if you've, you've seen that. Um, feeling tired, stressed out? Well, escape to this amazing location in the world and get a getaway and all your troubles will go away. Uh, aches and pains in your body? That's okay, take this pill and escape the effects of aging in our life. Not that any of us are aging around here. Big day at work, come home, play this game or look at this app for 15 minutes to escape those troubles. Oh, is that the time? Two hours later, 
and we've missed our responsibilities. Escape is all around us. It's built into the culture, the desire, and the, the idea that if we only escape the difficulties of life, then everything will be okay. It can get a lot more sinister and worse than that. Not happy in your marriage, not happy in your relationship? Well, here, sign up to this website, this secret account, and escape to an affair. Now we're seeing more and more in the world, not happy with your life? Plug into this virtual one, this virtual life, and you can live your best life in that world. Or even worse, here in Canada, at the moment, the ability to, if we're not happy with our life, if things aren't going good, then we can escape by simply voluntarily ceasing to have our life anymore. Escape is built into the world around us. But just because something's built into the world's culture does not mean it's the culture of the kingdom of God. God has made us with the ability to be resilient and to endure hard things, tough things, challenging things, and to take us through on the other end stronger, sharper, and more polished than we were before but we can get caught up on escapism. I really believe that God has a way for us to build strength and capacity in whatever you're facing today. So that's what we're gonna look at and we're gonna look at what, more importantly than what I've got to say, what the Word of God says about this. So for those who have their Bibles and want to go to heaven, you brought your Bibles to church. <laughs> Hebrews 10, verse 32, we're gonna start here. It's gonna come up on the screen behind me. Hey, I also wanted to say, if it's your first time in church today, and you're here for the first time, we welcome you and we're so happy that you're here. And maybe you haven't been to church for a while. Maybe you haven't been for, for years and years. Maybe somehow you ended up here today um, and you feel like it was an accident that you ended up in this place. I wanna say to you, that's not an accident that you're here. God actually has planned this and He has a word for you today. And it's not about me. It's not about who sings the songs. It's not about who's preaching. It's actually that God loves you so much that He wants to encounter you personally, wherever you're at in your journey today. So welcome to church, make yourself at home here, be comfortable, but realize that it's not an accident that you're here today. I really believe that and felt to share that. Hebrews 10 verse 32, um, let me just pray quickly. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that this isn't just a book, but this is your word. It's authoritative, it's holy, it's perfect, and it's living and it's active, Lord. So we wanna hear from your word today let your word increase in our life and let the world around us decrease. Let your voice be loud and let the voices around us be quietened that we'd be able to hear from you today. We thank you for your word. We don't take it for granted. We love it and we give it permission to speak in our life today in the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, so Hebrews 10 verse 32 says this, but recall the former days when after you were enlightened, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve 
their souls. Amen. Wow, what a powerful passage of Scripture here. So what's taking place? I love the Word of God so much. And if you haven't, um, you haven't seen me or heard me or speak, I like to try to really put a lot of Scripture in because I just really believe that the Word of God is so important for us. And, and sometimes um, we can just rely on a Sunday for that Word, and, and that's a great thing. But God actually wants us to be in His Word during the week and using the apps and using the technology and using the things that He has to have the Word of God in our life. So I believe this Word is speaking to us corporately today. And even as I read that passage, some things might have happened in you, but it's also, he wants you to be in his word at an individual level. But what's going on here? The author of the letter of Hebrews that we, is not specified, he doesn't introduce himself. This is the only uh, epistle in the New Testament that the author isn't truly, really known. And uh, most, a lot of people say it is the Apostle Paul, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what we know is it's in the Bible, it's canon and it's scripture. So the author here is writing to the the believers, those who are following Christ um, for encouragement and for a reminder and a perspective shift of what's going on. And the amazing thing you'll see here, uh, what's been taking place is they've been persecuted for their faith. The difficulties that they have, the trials they're facing is because they're they're being persecuted for their faith or being associated with other Christians. And it says even their property is getting stolen and things like that. Uh, a lot of us might not be facing something like that today, but we are facing challenges and challenges and difficulties and trials in our life. And this is what the, um, the author, Paul, let's say Paul, but like I said, we don't know for sure, is trying to say here is that in that and through that, we have a greater possession in Christ. We have a greater thing. We have a greater ability. And it's amazing here, a few things I wanna highlight before I really get practical for us today is that the, the way that that verse starts off there, we see is that, but recall the former days after you were enlightened. So what, what does that mean? After you were enlightened, what, what the author is saying is that after you were, the light of God was shown to you, after you discovered Jesus, after you found the truth, after you learned about his death, burial, his resurrection, that mankind had built a separation between God through our sin and through walking away with him, but the Christ had come to open up that doorway again to be in connection with God. Do you remember when you're enlightened with the gospel, the good news, the truth of Christ, that God is for us and that he's not against us? Do you remember when you're enlightened that the same power that rose Christ from the dead lives in you? Do you remember after the time that you met Jesus and you found the truth? Do you remember after that time, your suffering began? That's what it's saying. After you were enlightened, when you had trials. It's very easy in our world's culture to think that if we're following Christ, well, shouldn't everything just work out okay? I don't know if you've ever had that thought before. So maybe it's just confessional time here for the preacher. But, but have you ever had that question? God, like I'm serving you, I'm loving you. Why is this happening? Why is this struggle happening? What, why is this taking place? I thought what I was doing was stepping out and following your will and look what it's caused to happen. If you've ever had that thought, you're in good company today. But the Word of God and our experience shows us that just because we follow Jesus, it doesn't mean everything works out okay. It's easy to think 
that, well, God, if I follow you, everything will go to plan until everything doesn't go to plan. And then we're faced with that question of why and what now. The truth is the Word of God lays out right from the beginning of Scripture that it's never God's plan that we would escape facing difficulties and challenges and trials. The plan of God is that in our trials, we can meet with Him and see a great victory. We see right there, take any example from from the Old Testament, uh, Joseph. God didn't stop him from getting sold into slavery and thrown into prison and enduring some things, but God gave him a pathway out. God didn't um, escape and, and pluck out before the Israelites went through slavery and, and went through the, the getting chased out and, and getting followed by the Egyptians and facing the, the Red Sea there. They didn't escape that, but he made them a way through that. David didn't escape having to face a giant, but God gave him a victory over that giant. God didn't um, stop Daniel from getting thrown into the lion's den, but he did close the lion's mouth so that he wasn't harmed. Do you see where I'm going with this? God didn't stop Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego getting thrown into the fiery furnace, but he, but he empowered them that the flames wouldn't hurt them and they wouldn't get burned and they would walk out of the furnace without getting touched. Psalm 23, the famous Psalm doesn't say this, even though I escaped from the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. It says, no, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for God is with us. Sometimes we wanna escape facing the trial on the front end when actually it's in the trial that God wants to meet us and change us and shift us and see us overcome and become resilient people. So that's what the, the author here is encouraging the believers about. The writer is encouraging them that, hey, you've lost possessions and the earthly things, some things have been stolen. Maybe today, physically, some things haven't been stolen from you. Maybe they have, but, but I know that there's things the enemy's trying to steal with people here today. And we've lost some things and we're grieving and we're doubting and we're struggling in that. But, but the scripture encourages us that we actually have a greater possession than those possessions that we've lost. And we find that in Christ and Christ alone. So today, we're gonna dive in more. I'm not saying to not pray for miracles to escape today. It's okay to pray that God would take us out, but let's not miss what He's actually taking us through, the opportunity to discover Him in a greater way. We need to pray for strength and endurance to get through whatever valley we face. So maybe you're here, you've got that question today, well, if God is for us, and He is, and if God's all-powerful, which He is, and if He has good things for us, and, we're gonna, and God's never gonna let us down, and God is good, then why do trials still happen? Good question. When you have the answer, come and tell me after service. That's what we're exploring today. I've got good news for us, that it's in our most challenging moments that God can meet us the most. It's in our most difficult trials that we're facing here today that we can access deeper levels of God's love and His grace and His mercy that we would never be able to if we simply escaped on the front end. I don't know if you've ever said this after you've gone through something. I, I wouldn't wanna go through it again, but I, but I wouldn't wanna change it because of what I learned from it. 
what happened to me through it, what, what I grew in through it, what happened in our marriage, what happened in my family, what happened in my business. We wouldn't, we wouldn't sign up for it again, but we're happy we went through it because of what we learned. This is the same in our relationship with God. So a few points from the scripture today. The first one is until we're enlightened by the truth of God, we'll always be chasing an escape. Until we're enlightened, which means illuminated by the truth of God, we'll always be chasing that escape. The light of God changes everything. The truth of God changes everything in our life. Am I right? The truth of who Jesus is and what He's done for us and what He's restored for us and how we get to live and where we get to live in and who we get to be in relationship with now with the Father changes every aspect of our life, including our perspective of the trial that we're facing. So often it's easy for us to only think the good news applies to the forgiveness of our sins and where we're gonna end up in eternity. That's an amazing thing. That's the big thing, right? That God's forgiven us of our sins is, is huge, amazing, that we actually are cleaned and washed and fully seen as righteous because God, through Jesus, took upon our unrighteousness on the cross and exchanged His righteousness. So now if we've accepted and placed our faith in Jesus, when God looks at us, He doesn't see the filthy rags. He doesn't see all the dirty stuff. He sees Jesus' righteousness in us and accredits us that amazing, amazing truth in our life. That's awesome. That's great news. Guess what? It doesn't just apply to forgiveness of our sins. It applies to everything, every part of our life. Jesus isn't just the sin part. It's everything that we face. It changes the way that we walk. It changes the way that we eat. It changes how we spend our money. It changes where we live. It changes the decisions we make. The good news of Jesus is actually meant to affect every part of our life if we allow it. This includes the trials that you're facing today. When we're facing something as followers of Christ, for those here today who, are, who have made that decision, we're actually meant to see it and speak about it and, and direct it and make decisions in it differently than someone who doesn't have that truth in their life. Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Doesn't mean it doesn't grieve and that there isn't heartache here today. I don't wanna come across that way. But when we're illuminated, like the Word says, with the truth of God, we get to have a different perspective on what's taking place if we allow God to shift our mind and renew our mind and see it with a fuller picture of illumination rather than closed off and just seeing what it is. Until we're enlightened by the truth of God, we're gonna always chase an escape. But when we have good news eyes to see, gospel eyes to see, scripture eyes to see, the word eyes to see it, we're able to step back and go, okay, this isn't great, but God, you are able to do something in this. This isn't great, but there's a greater purpose taking place. This might not be good. This is making me sad. This is distracting me from my life. But God, I know that you're up to something great. You're able to use it. And so I'm gonna see through illuminated and enlightened eyes rather than worldly dark eyes. Are you with me here today? Until we're enlightened by the truth of God, we're always chasing the escape. But when we have God with us, He 
as we push into him, can build endurance to take on whatever we're facing. The second point is that endurance is often our pathway between the promise given and the promise fulfilled. Hebrews 10 verse 36 said, for you have need of endurance. Oh Lord, it's not optional. We need to endure some stuff. We need to go through some stuff. Endurance in God's design can only be built through enduring some things. But it says here, for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Ultimately, the scripture is talking about enduring to the end to receive the promise of God, of, of Jesus. And we, we uh, live in that tension as follows. He's that we get to possess him and have him in us and with us now in this time. But he's also coming back to restore a new heaven and a new earth, to wipe away every tear, to wrong, uh, to right every wrong that's happened and to um, establish order in the chaos again. And there'll be a day where, where Jesus is coming back to do that. And for every knee will bow in some way or shape or form. And for those who have accepted Him on this end, we get to live with Him now and then look forward to that day coming with great anticipation. But it also applies for our lives in the here and now. The promises of God given and the promises of God being received often, many times, simply require a process of endurance until they come to pass. Ah, wouldn't it be nice if they just came straight away? Maybe in the short term. But we wouldn't build into the people that God's wanting to build us into. Sometimes that, uh, that escapism creeps into our, our walk with God and we wanna escape before the very thing that's gonna get us to our destiny and our promise. We wanna bail out on the front end and God's just like, oh, if you can get through this, I know it's gonna build you into the person that I need to build you in for the next season of life, not just for you, but for your family, for your church, for your community around you. I'm building endurance in you so you can become resilient, not just for your own life, but resilient for those around you. But would you just go through the process of the promise given and the promise being fulfilled, which is one of abiding in Him and enduring till the end. I'm going all over the place here today. You guys have got me all, no way, really, I'm feeling very at home here. <laughs> escapism versus endurance. You know, so often um, escapism or this idea we need to get away uh, can be a short-term gain for what ends up being a repeated pain. Have you ever wondered about that? Like, so God could take us out of something on the front end but I know in my life, if I don't have to go through the process that I need to go through, then I'm probably just gonna repeat the behavior or repeat the circumstances or repeat what happened in order to get me there. So escapism is, is short-term gain for a potentially repeated pain. But building endurance is a short to a little bit longer strain to actually get a priceless gain if we'd endure so with the enlightenment of God, we can endure it. The second point on that one is endurance is between the promise given, the promise fulfilled. Um, so what you're going, how do we apply this? I wanna start zooming in and applying this. And then today we're gonna pray for that supernatural strength because the truth is as followers of God, we're not just meant to, you know, 
white knuckle it and grit and endure it just by the flesh. We actually have access to a supernatural strength that I believe God wants to deposit to us today. And no matter how many words I say, say around that, that's not gonna happen unless we're willing to come before God and, and ask Him for it and say, would you give me that strength to prevail? Would you give me that strength? Lord, I'd love to escape this, but if you're gonna take me through the valley, would you give me the strength to endure it and build it, build me into the person I, I need to be? That's endurance. So what we might be going through here today has you doubting, rattled in your faith, asking God why. And I've, I'm encouraged by the fact that the Word of God says it simply might just need a bit of time for the promise to be fulfilled. This is the story of, of our church plant, by the way, downtown at the moment. When I say our church plant, I say our church plant as C3 Calgary. Um, Britt and I and the team are down there, but, but you guys are much, as much a part of it. You guys are as much responsible for it and the success of it as I am. So I'm just putting that on you today. But I do thank you for your prayers and that. But, but this has been our story that we 100% know that God has planted us in the downtown location to have a thriving community where people are saved, people give their life, the lost are found, people are healed, and, and that we actually add a little bit of light to the downtown core. And we've seen amazing things take place. But when you're on the other end of doing, doing it and, and, and leading that, sometimes there's moments that just kind of make you scratch your head and, and ask like, why are we doing this, God? And maybe you've had this in your business, in your life, in your relationships or what you've been involved in. And, and the ability to step back and go, okay, I don't wanna see this with worldly eyes. I wanna see this with godly eyes gives you the ability to see the amazing thing that God's doing, even though it's not looking exactly how you thought it would look. I got to talk to a gentleman um, last week who's been coming to our church and felt led to Calgary. And this guy, um, he's in his mid-50s and he grew up in Iran in a Muslim family. And um, was studying in, in Sweden and gave his life to the Lord in an amazing, miraculous way. What happened was he'd take his dog, a uh, big German shepherd, and he'd like to go down and scare the street preachers, you know, just as a weekend, weekend hobby to do. If you guys need a new hobby, this could be, just consider this one. He would take, he trained his dog to, to bark and, and to really make a big scene. He, he said, I never wanted to hurt them. I just wanted to torment them, is what he told me. And one day though, he was going up to a street preacher who was preaching Jesus, sharing the gospel there in, in the streets in Sweden, Muslim background, with his dog to torment this Christian. And all of a sudden, he was stopped dead in his tracks. He couldn't move. He, 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 felt, he felt paralyzed. He felt like he couldn't move. And all this sort of, what he said was a warmth just started to come over his body from head to toe. And it was like pulsing, boom, 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 boom. His dog actually started like um, whimpering and went and hid behind his legs. He couldn't get any closer to where the gospel was being preached. Then over a kind of a one or two week journey of after this experience with God, he gave his, uh, went and talked to the evangelist, gave his life to Jesus, met Jesus, has been on fire ever since then. But what he's had to go through with his family being a Muslim background and, and not being able to go back to Iran, all these things is just heartbreaking. Now, why am I sharing that? I don't know, I didn't have that in my notes to share today. But, but I think for me, um, at planting the church, the process of seeing the promise that God gave, and we have a vision for 1,000 lives touched every week downtown at C3 Central through our services, through our groups, and through different things taking place. And for me to just be able to get there and say that that's happened straight away, 
that hasn't happened that way. But guess what? Every week, God's encountering people. God's changing lives. There's stories that we get to see. There's things that we get to be a part of that I would not trade in an instance if it meant that all of a sudden we had that a crazy growth all of a sudden. I would miss out on the ones. I'd miss out on that each person has a story. I'd miss out on what God's building in me and Brittany as we've had to go through some things and endure things because every little step where we've seen is a trial and a challenge is actually stepping up, setting us up for the next season. And to get to that next season, we wouldn't be ready for it. But because of the season before, God is building endurance and resilience in us to take on what He has for us. That's your call too. That's your trial as well. That's what you're facing. It's not just a tragedy, although it is, but it's also an opportunity for God to build strength and endurance on you to take on something amazing in the future. Not just to defeat and conquer the situation, but to set you up for the next season of life you have. James 1 verse 2. I gotta get going here. That was my introduction. Just kidding, it wasn't. <laughs> James chapter 1 verse 2. My brother and sisters, think of my brother, very Australian there, my brother and sisters, think of the various tests you encounter as occasions for joy. After all, you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Let this endurance complete its work so that you may be fully mature, complete and lacking in nothing. Wow, we've got some confronting scriptures today. In order to be complete, endurance is a part of the process. Building resilience is a part of the process. It says, let this endurance complete its work in you, which means if, we're not, if we don't let the endurance happen, then the work will be incomplete in us. Sure, we could escape a situation. God could take us out on the front end. But if He does that, then it, doesn't, it means that we might not necessarily have matured through the process that we might come out the other end where we think we'll come out complete, we'll be feeling incomplete. Where we feel like, if I could just escape from this situation, then I'd have everything that I need in life. When the Word actually says, no, if you don't endure through that process, you would actually be lacking. Give thanks for our trials and difficulties. And we say through gritted teeth, thank you, Jesus. Because <laughs> that's a hard thing to do. We can only do it with God's strength. Romans 5 verse 3, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Friends, today, what if we could get into a place where we could see our trials and difficulties and challenges as something that we need to escape from and, an, and we can see them as an amazing opportunity to access the power of God, His love, His kindness, His goodness, His richness in a way that wouldn't be possible without it. Just a thought, just an idea. What if that very thing that's stopping you from being able to experience God is the very thing that's meant to push you into God's arms to experience Him in a new way. God does not cause these things to happen. Let me be clear. Well, what causes these things to happen if God's all-powerful? Well, it's, we live in the context of a fallen world, a broken world, 
So areas of our life can be broken. Sometimes as a result of the choices we've made, sometimes nothing to do with the choices that we've made, to do with the choices someone else made. It's just the reality of life that God doesn't necessarily, sorry, God does not cause issues to harm his kids. That's not from God. Reverse that lie today that God's doing something to you, that God's punishing you, that God's setting you up. That's not. But what he can do, the word of God is clear, is that he can use those things for good. He can use those things to grow us. That our suffering would lead to endurance, that our endurance would lead to character. Our character would produce hope. And in that hope, we can access amazing levels of God's love. In our greatest moments of strain, of trial, God is with us and we can experience a depth of His love that's just unattainable any other way. It's counterintuitive, isn't it? Outside the context of Christ. This isn't what the culture of the world says us says to us. It says, if everything in life's going good, you're doing something good. If all the bills are paid. If you're getting that dream vacation, if your relationship's going good, well, then, then you're, you're good, you're all right. But the Word of God actually says that, hey, even through the trials, God is accessing us in a new way and, and bringing His truth to us and shifting us and molding us into the people we need to be. Uh, and the final point here is that godly endurance leads us to victory over all things. A godly endurance can lead us to victory over all things. If I can have Debbie come back up on the keys. Um, today, at the, I'm going to close up very shortly and expand on this point a little bit. But I, I want to pray today for two groups of people. One who... Um, you've been seeing your trial as something that you want to escape and that's fine. And that's where your prayers and your focus has been. But maybe you want, you want to start seeing even in the trial what God's doing in your life, what He's able to produce out of it, where He's taking you, what He's doing, and, and that you want to be able to endure it. The word endurance in the Bible is less about that, that grit, less about that really just building up the big muscles, although that is a part of it, but it's endurance means to abide, to remain, and to stay faithful, to endure through what we're going through. That's one group of people I wanna pray for. You want a supernatural deposit of the strength of God. Kataskua strength is what the Bible says, strength to prevail over what you're facing. You've been thinking it's gonna take you out. And even today, you might've came to church thinking, this is the last chance, God. This is the last time I'm gonna bring it to you. If you don't take this off me, then, then I'm giving up, I'm walking away. I'm not gonna come back or I'm, I'm, I'm checking out for a while. But actually, I wanna pray today that you'd actually find a new level of strength and, and that you can access to endure what you're facing and come out sharper, brighter, smarter, stronger, and bigger on the other end. The other group of people I wanna pray for is those who don't know Jesus. They've never, you've never given your life to Him. You've never placed your faith in Him. Or maybe you did that a long time ago. You've, you've kind of walked away, but you've felt the call of God bringing you back into connection with the God who loves you and is for you. Heads up, that was the spoiler alert. Godly endurance leads to victory over all things. Hebrews 12. Therefore, so this is two chapters after what we've read our main passage today. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance 
the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Here's where it really comes home for us today, guys. The way that we can have faith through the valleys is by looking to the perfecter of our faith, Jesus. The way that we can endure in life and in our trials and what we're facing is by focusing and getting to know the one who endured the cross for us. The way that we run our race, whatever race you're running right now, like I showed it from the start of today, running can be painful. Running can leave you on the side of the ditch, humbled, embarrassed, trying to catch your breath. It can be very uncomfortable and feel like you're suffocating and drowning. Sometimes running isn't comfortable, but the way that we can run our race is by not focusing on the obstacle in front of us, not only focusing on the trial that we're in or worldly ways of strategizing our way out of it, but focusing on who's right there at the finish line, waiting with His arms wide open for us by focusing on Jesus, even in our trial. That's how we can endure. That's how we run our race. That's how we cross the line and have Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's how we build strength. Because as we run and as we keep going and as we look to Jesus, He's building capacity in us. He's building strength in us. He's saying, come on, keep on coming. I know it's hard. I know it's tough. A few more steps and you're gonna get there and you're gonna break through that threshold, break through that barrier that you wouldn't have got through if you didn't run this race. Keep coming. Jesus loves us so much that He doesn't always just make us escape our situation, but He's with us through everything that we face. Don't wait to meet God after you've escaped from your circumstance. Meet Him in it right now because He's with you. And then the last verse of that passage, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. That's us today, church. That's you. We're not people who shrink back, but we're ones who have faith and preserve. Why? Because we have access to Christ. Because we are empowered by a supernatural strength if we allow ourselves to receive that deposit and then let that capacity build. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Because God, our God, fills us with the hope of all joy and peace as we trust in Him in our trials so that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Why are we the people that endure? Because we can do all things through Him who strengthens us. Why are we the people who can get through what we're facing? Because we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purposes. God does not cause these trials to happen necessarily in our life. It's life, it's the enemy, it's our choices, it's the fallen world we live in. But He can produce and utilise them for His glory, for His purposes. And as a result of that, it builds up a new level of endurance and access to a greater life for each of us on the other end of it. Sign me up to that. But it requires the strength of the Holy Spirit. Today, I wanna pray for that deposit of strength. So why don't we stand in this place here today as we conclude with a few minutes of response and, and ministry time. The, the Word's great and, and I, it's a privilege for me to get to preach and thank you for for hearing 
what God was saying to you today and anything else that I just kind of threw in there, any fluff or anything like that, let that drop away. But more important than sometimes what we just heard in our head is do we respond to the Word and what the Lord deposited in us. And so today, if that's you here today and, and you feel like you just need that supernatural empowerment of strength for what you're facing, I would love you to come forward down the front. And we're gonna pray, we're gonna, we're gonna just pray together. Just come on down the front. You're facing a trial, a situation, and you'd love for the Lord to, to take you out of that. You'd love for the Lord to, to bring you out of that. But you also wanna see the eyes, the gospel eyes, the good news eyes, the illuminated eyes that, Lord, what are you teaching me? What are you building in me? What strength are you bringing to me? Lord, help me see the hope on the other end. Yeah, just come on forward. The prayer team's gonna, gonna start praying and, and be with you. But it's more about the response that you've just responded to God. This is what you're stepping forward to say, hey, Lord, I'm going through something. I'm going through some things. And Lord, it's not nice. It's not comfortable. Actually, it's heartbreaking and it causes questions and doubts in my mind. But I wanna come to you, Lord, and receive your strength in this situation and in this trial. I'm gonna pray over all of us today. And then the prayer team's gonna start praying and laying hands on you. And I believe the Lord is giving us a supernatural power today. And so if you're out there, can you reach your hands out? Can you pray for these people? And I'm gonna pray, Lord, I thank You so much, Lord God, that You're a good God who sees the bigger picture than we can see, Lord. And I know myself, Lord, I can get so focused on what's in front of me that I forget to realise that You're moving and You're doing something and You're forming something. And I'm not the finished product yet, Lord. You love me and You're for me, but You're still building me into a resilient person. You're still wanting to deal with some stuff now so that I don't have to deal with it later on down the track, Lord. So I pray for every person who's responded today. They're coming forward to You. And we're not saying, Lord, don't, we're not saying, Lord, don't take us out of this. If that's Your will, Lord, please do. But we're saying, while we're in it, we're gonna meet with you. We're gonna be strengthened by you. We're gonna push into you. We're not gonna push away from you, Lord. For each person here today, I pray for a supernatural download of your strength and of your Holy Spirit that would uncover what you're trying to uncover in them. The living water would start to pour out of them. The areas that have felt dry because of this battle they've been fighting would be watered right now. And Lord, that you would give strength and capacity that you're making resilient sons and daughters here today and Your Holy Spirit is moving. So Lord, as they've come forward and as we stand together and pray corporately, we're standing with these people and saying, would You give strength? Would You give cataschool? Would You give strength to prevail that's only available in You? And I thank You, they're gonna continue to walk in endurance and they're gonna become, they're gonna be able to look back on their trial, on their difficulty and be able to say, Lord, I wouldn't wanna go through it again But Father, I'm thankful for what you taught me through it and what you built in me through it. So we commit these people to you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hey, prayer team, you can start praying for people. I'm gonna hand the service back to Pastor Serena. If you've never met Jesus here today, you wanna give your life to Him. You wanna take that first step. love to be able to lead you in that and that'd be a great privilege. I'll be down here in the corner, right side of me, left side of you. And if you wanna take that step today, you're feeling the Holy Spirit drawing you, I'd love to be there. Thanks for being here today. And may we walk out those doors today after Pastor Serrano closes the service, people who are willing to build endurance through whatever God has for us. God bless you. Thank you for letting me preach today. Awesome. Come on, let's give Pastor Stephen. Thanks for listening. 
To hear more messages like this one, subscribe to our podcast and find us on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you would like to give to our church, go to myc3church.ca. See you next week.